0: All right. So we have Dr. Rachel Summer on the show today. I'm very excited because we're going to be talking about the connection between Western medicine, naturopathic medicine, Eastern medicine, and the dogma that comes along with the industries. This is a very important topic, especially with what we're going on in society and the timeline kind of that we're playing out. So Dr. Summer, let's start off. What is your perception of, you know, what's going on between Western and naturopathic medicine? And, you know, what is naturopathic medicine? Let's start out with that.
1: Yeah, for sure. So first of all, I want to preface this by saying it's such an important topic to be addressing too as modern day practitioners, um, making a creation for the world and creating a ripple effect of change. And with the patient's best interests in mind, I think it's really important that we consider that the medical system is changing so much and being young practitioners at this time to observe it and also play a role in patient health and change the way that um, universal or healthcare is perceived. I think it's a really important topic to just discuss and, and create more of Um, Clarity between because I really believe that there is a lot of gray area between what is Eastern medicine and Western medicine and and yeah I just think that there's a lot that we
0: can discuss. So, you made a great point there. And I'm really happy that we are, you know, on a platform where we can discuss this because I think there is a huge misconception with what naturopathic medicine is, what naturopathic doctors specifically do, and how we've been trained. I see a lot of this in the propaganda that we see online, and especially in, of course, my comment section. You know, as you grow in social media, you can see how people view naturopathic medicine or what they think naturopathic medicine. And what I find really super interesting is that majority of people who make these comments haven't actually experienced naturopathic medicine. They've never been to a naturopathic doctor. They don't know you know, what a naturopathic doctor does or what they provide. And you can see the ignorance because that's the, the dialogue that we've been told about naturopathic medicine, that they're quacks, that they're uneducated, that they're not real doctors. I hear that all the time. So Dr. Summer, I'm gonna give you the gift of you know, educating people on what naturopathic medicine is and what Eastern medicine is.
1: Right, exactly. And what I love about the profession that we're in is we get to experience unbiased between the Western and Eastern medicine approaches. We're trained in both Western and Eastern. So what that means to me is that Taking the Western medicine approach, we are trained like medical professionals. So we're well-versed in the ability to investigate, diagnose, provide any blood work and physical exams, and really understand the symptoms that are very prominent in the way Western medicine has their approach in understanding the person. Um, But then where that Eastern approach comes in is we're able to take the larger picture and understand the the individual uniquely and their constitution. So that means to me also understanding what their body, mind and spirit underlies. Um, also understanding their organ systems and their different body systems and how they correlate with um, with our mind with our body Um, so we have the pleasure to understand both of those roles Mm -hmm. and I think that's why to me personally it feels like such an important um, um, like area that we should discuss is because With our approach with natural medicine, we also have that deep background of understanding the anatomy and physiology of the person, and it really helps to go hand in hand. So in this case, I believe that it's important to take a comprehensive approach and look at it all, both Western and Eastern medicine.
0: Yeah, and and that's a great point. I think here... You know, I kind of want to segue. I know we talked about this a little bit earlier um about the ego and how that kind of influences medicine. Now, I have seen this on the grand scale, you know, in my past when I was in western medicine. So, I studied conventional medicine first and then I transitioned into naturopathic medicine and what I found really fascinating, you know, after stepping away from western medicine specifically was the ego stance. And I'm not saying that western medicine is bad. There's ego everywhere. What I'm saying is there's almost you know a block between letting in other worlds because of you know, thinking that you're the best or you're the that there's the, that you're king, you know, which is you know limiting it, it limits us in being open-minded and and available to kind of other avenues. And when I went into naturopathic medicine, I still kind of had that framework. So I thought mm-hmm. very straight, right? Like I had you know, roadblocks when it came to homeopathy, homeopathy was so far for me because it was so out there. I was like, really, we're going to be doing energetic medicine with people. And this stuff works. Like it took me and you remember this, it took me a good solid three, four years to come around to homeopathy. Now where I'm in a lane where I actually full wholeheartedly believe in homeopathic medicine. And I have seen the works of homeopathic medicine, but it takes time and, and your mind needs to expand in order to allow, you know, these other things to come in. And it doesn't just need to be Western medicine and it doesn't just need to be naturopathic medicine. There's a place for each. So where are you with regard to that?
1: Right. I love the way that you just described that. I resonate with that a lot. I think um, like Since I was a child, I always knew I wanted to be a naturopathic doctor. I always knew I wanted to help people and really truly heal them. So throughout my childhood, I remember watching a lot of um, healthcare professionals, medical doctors, homeopaths um, of all types of different skills and backgrounds. Um, I found it interesting to be in the observer role that a lot of practitioners tend to... um, come together of what they find important. So uh, they hold true to really what they find is comfortable. And they'll find other practitioners that hold that same value in what they find comfortable. And I think um, the more that I've noticed practitioners are tending towards their specialty, um, it also is kind of narrowing their perspective of of right. so many other, our, other backgrounds and skills. Um, I think, also what we can talk about that idea of of the egos too and and with practitioners that are very focused or in their specialty um, it almost seems like sometimes other different sorts of backgrounds or frameworks of medicine can be shunned or um, looked as as uncomfortable or discarded I think that has a lot to do with uh, the ego what do you
0: think about that I, I think you're correct and I I see the frustration with my patients and I'm sure you can attest to this where somebody sits in front of me I had uh, you know a patient the other day who has seen multiple neurologists for kind of like obviously nervous system issues but they're not looking at the greater picture they're not looking at the microbes they're like you need a microbiologist on the case you need an immunologist you need to be looking at what the immune system is doing you know you need a psychiatrist somebody who's working at the mental health picture of what all of these pieces are are contributing it's not just the neurologist you know and i like when there's new fields coming forward like psychoneuroendocrine immunology pnei i talked about this with casper um you know it's nice to see that integration of pieces because it's not i don't know how we can just look at the gut and just see the gut it's so closed-minded and 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 you know if you want to heal you know you you we often get to a place of healing because we had to go through it ourselves or we've seen it clinically not work. Right. So if you're just looking at the gut, you're missing all of these other components that are contributing. And I really go back to cure, right? Like I'm like, you are only as good as a cure. If you're not curing something, you're not very good. Like, and I don't mean that in a mean way. It's just our, our idea of what medicine is and health is, is so far from what health should be. You shouldn't have to be dependent on something in order to feel good. And I was actually thinking about this the other day and like, I'm not anti-medication. There's a place for medication. Medications are great, but I have never had somebody sit in front of me say, I really love this medication. The story is usually, I really don't wanna be on this. Like, I I take it because I need it, but, you know, I never feel 100% on it. I want to feel 100%. 100%. And that's where naturopathic medicine comes in. We try and get to more of the root cause and get that person to 100%. Even if that means staying on medication, it's the complement of what else we can do on top of it. It's not so limited. And I think that limited nature is what's keeping people sick and frustrated because we're not getting forward and we're being ignorant to the fact that there are these other modalities like naturopathic medicine that can complement other streams of medicine.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I love that you just mentioned all of that too, because I believe so deeply in taking that comprehensive picture of um, connecting with the body, connecting with the mind, if there's different practitioners that we need to refer to. I think we should all just drop our egos as practitioners and just see at the end of the day that our patients and the individual that we're looking at and treating that is why we're there at the end of the day and if we can yeah. um, release all that self-interest and and areas of specialty too and i understand that that that's a beautiful thing is to connect to your passion connect to your focus but i just see as moving forward we're we're kind of moving away from the blanket of western medicine and that approach to treatment and we're moving into more of a a natural, holistic ways for preventative care. And we're even getting back to such a more simple life to mm-hmm. how we can just have lifestyle factors and have a really good sleep to support you at the foundation. Um, I think that's what we're moving towards. And hopefully I'd like to see in the future um, myself and other practitioners that are, are working together to hone in on their skills. Because not one practitioner can do it all. Medicine is just so big and so grand. There's no way that we have all the talents and skills and and training to understand the person as a being, as such a unique constitution and and energy, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Honing in on other practitioners' skills and connecting with them um, is really how we're going to blend and integrate and help that patient to support them and optimize them.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. And that's, I, I mean, like what I have in my mind is there's no I in team and it's like, why do we have to be the only one? I don't understand the right. need. I mean, I do because it's egoic, but you know, I I'm really good at what I do, but there's times where I need a medical doctor. We only see a certain class of patients. They Mm -hmm. see a certain class of patients. They have way more patients coming to them than typically a naturopathic doctor. That's just because of accessibility, right? We've got the Alberta health coverage versus insurance that has different doors. So they see different cases. So I'm not going to necessarily make a diagnosis that they see all the time that's, that's just reality. We're still really good, but they're, they're going to have exposure that we don't have. Right. So it's great to have somebody on board that sees that exposure. And then, Hey, we also have like a complementary way of dealing with this. And we look at from a whole perspective, like you were talking about Eastern medicine, Mm -hmm. Chinese medicine is fascinating. It's amazing because it connects everything. Like if you just look at the Chinese medical wheel, what I, what I find fascinating is when somebody sits in front of me and they say, I'm waking up at three in the morning every morning, there's always a pattern because people who wake up at three in the morning, that's the time of the liver, they're usually detoxing or going through some hormonal change because that's what the liver does. And it's always according to that Chinese medical clock. You can see what the body's doing. They're physically experiencing it. They're talking about it. But then you have that kind of like background proof of, hey, this is by Chinese medicine, what's actually going on in the body. So yeah, I mean, I really hope that the future is more integrative. And I want to talk about, I know a lot of us have seen that the supplement ban is coming forward. We're getting a push of natural health products off the market. Of course this is concerning to natural healthcare practitioners especially it should be concerning to western medical practitioners because we know things like statins for instance deplete coq10 right so what are you going to prescribe if there's no coq10 on the market right okay. that the side the side effect is super severe if, if there's a depletion of CoQ10. So, you know, it's not just an issue for us. This should be an issue for everybody. And we need to be asking questions as to why this is even coming forward in the first place. Why are we at a point where we're, we're trying to eliminate supplements? Like what would be the benefit of that, especially for patients, especially for patient care? I want your perspective on that. What do you think?
1: Well, I think at the end of the day, I'm just looking at it broad picture and, and asking myself why um, I, I've always been a critical person and be able to see through the details and and really at the core, what is the root cause of of what's going on here? So I think we're talking about a bigger issue um, that has a lot to do about how the government's run and how even how how government has so um, perpetuated Western medicine, even with funding and being able to provide uh, funding for research, for pharmaceutical meds, and even for marketing, right? So I think if we lead back to the the trail, the breadcrumb trail of where the money is too, that's also a question that we should be asking ourselves. And also what's going on in the world? We are in such a time of catastrophic, catalytic, I should Mm -hmm. say, catalytic change, where so much is happening, especially in the medical field. Um, I think it's really important to be asking those questions right now. And especially when we are moving towards a trend of um, connecting better with ourselves, implementing more preventative, um, healthcare strategies, even through lifestyle and diet. Why is this happening right now in this era when we're in such a time of change in the medical system?
0: Mm-hmm. Why yeah. Dr. Summer, why is this happening in this era? <laughs>
1: I also want to bring it back to that the time of awakening and we're in that time of awakening in the world, mm-hmm. um, not only energetically, but we're talking about um, changes and transformation in our physical world and our spiritual world too.
0: Like I said, I think, um, you know, we're in this period where more people are becoming conscious of the things that are going on, right? And they're becoming more conscious of their health. And I think that's the most important thing is like I said before, you often get to naturopathic medicine because you've unfortunately tried other things. It's usually you've either been born into it and you have a parent that was, you know, graceful enough to teach you herbalism and and teach you that ways. But my own kind of personal anecdotal story was that I came to it because I was thrown on birth control and that was. The only solution for me. And it wasn't the best solution by any means. It made me crazy, made me gain weight, et cetera, et cetera. You know, so natural medicine has a lot of value and it has a lot of potential. And what I learned about natural medicine and what you know as well is historically, there's a reason that it was there, there's a reason that it works. And I learned that with homeopathy, homeopathy has been around longer than Western medicine it used to be actually integrated into the Western medical model where practitioners or medical doctors used homeopathy alongside the other things that were needed like surgery or drugs. So the idea that we call it pseudoscience to me is very interesting, how we got to a point as a society where we thought pseudoscience was an appropriate label for that type of medication. And I think Again, what has happened is kind of the cognitive dissonance between what healing is. And I think there's a separation. And that's where we are at this point in time between the body, the mind, and the spirit. And we're being called back to the spirit because we don't know the spirit. We are not connected to source God. You would know if you are connected to source God. And a lot of us have forgotten. A lot of us have veered that path. And the consequence is what we're seeing right now. So there's a pullback home almost. What's your perspective on that?
1: I love what you just said. Yeah, I, I feel like that for sure, that call back to home as, as our our body and our mind coming back into terms with who we are and learning about ourselves more. I think moving our forward direction of where we're headed as society and, and with humanity is we're moving in a direction of more presence more consciousness and hopefully more truth Mm -hmm. and we live in the age of information and that age of information is where we have the ability to have so much at our fingertips if we want to and I think that's also the tipping point too is if people are ready to learn the truth behind things whether that be medicine or greater than that Mm -hmm. um, the tipping point of being able to tap into that or not tip tap into that and, and create more ignorance within the soul. Because I, I really think that because we are in that age of information, um, if we're choosing not to see things, it almost translates as a sense of ignorance to me right now, because we do have all that information at our fingertips at any time point that we want. It's um I think we're moving in a trend to more knowledge
0: within um yeah <laughs> yeah I, i'm glad that you touched on the point of truth truth is so important to me and i was thinking about this yesterday cuz i like i said on my social media platforms i get a lot of resistance specifically calling myself a doctor even though we have the title of naturopathic doctor you know i get a lot of invalidation you're not a doctor you're not a real doctor and the thing that i think i have to say about that is have the conversation with me instead Instead of trying to invalidate me as a person or my titles or my professions, which really don't matter anyways, it's the results that I'm producing, talk, talk the science with me instead. You know what I mean? Let's have a conversation about the things that I'm talking about. Let's have a conversation because there is a lot of science. There, it, It's built on science. Natural med- medicine is not pseudoscience. It's not fake. These things have scientific mechanisms. There's there's a reason that they work in the body. And a lot of the times we have supplements that are doing the exact same things as drugs that they work on the same, whether it's like the neurotransmitters, for instance. You know what I mean? I always think of like St. John's warts, um, where we're looking at like dopamine and serotonin. It's very similar to an SSRI. So when you want to invalidate us, why don't you just instead switch the conversation? Let's drop the egos and let's talk about what we're doing here. Let's talk about the science behind things. Because one of the questions that I actually did have was, you know, about parasites and colonoscopies. And it was like, if you're so smart, if you're a doctor, why can't I see parasites on colonoscopies? Well, I came back with, five reasons why you wouldn't see a parasite on colonoscopy first of all they're microscopic in some instances second of all it's timing third of all size um location is a huge one so there's all of these reasons but the strategy was invalidation so where in your clinical practice do you think i mean have you come across this or do you think you know how how are we going to move forward from this for
1: sure i think well many things come to mind for sure with that i think being as a modern day practitioner and having the tools to share that online with um, more presence with technology nowadays, that's an easier way to create that message, to share that message with others too. Um, I think where we're still lacking in terms of providing resources for naturopathic care, um, it, it's tough because we, I believe that we're under-recognized and there's a reputation that we have to uphold, mm-hmm. um, for naturopathic practitioners. Um, now I'm sure there's a lot of reasons why that is. I don't really need to get into that, but, um, definitely I felt throughout the training of naturopathic medicine, learning more about the experience of, of naturopaths, um, It's very important to provide education and resources and to help um, the general public understand what we do because a Mm -hmm. lot that we do is very similar and aligning with Western medicine. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are primary care practitioners. So we're able to provide that same sorts or similar. I wouldn't say the same, but ways to diagnose and assess and investigate even with blood work and those physical exams and extra assessments, um, we are meticulous in the way that we understand symptoms. But then adding, I I think because we have such a wide array of um, tools at our fingertips, sometimes that can be confusing to people trying to understand the profession because it is such a wide variety of what we are able to treat. Right. um with natural resources, with na- with herbal therapy, with um supplements or orthomolecular medicine, um, and even with hormone replacement too. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just with natural treatments. Then we're also talking about diet nutrition and building up that strong foundation for you mm-hmm. and addressing those key pillars of health like sleep and and stress and hormone imbalance digestion. Um, and, and, of course, the physical therapy side, acupuncture, massage, cupping therapy, and more. So I think there, there's just so much that we can tap into. I think more resources and, and more education moving forward as there are more naturopaths, um, more and more as we move forward in the future. Um, I think the message is starting to come across and is coming across more expansive. It just takes time, I believe.
0: Yep. I hear you on that. You know, With naturopathic medicine, one of the things that I do want to mention is the schooling compared to, I mean, because I went through Western schooling and then I came into naturopathic medicine. So I've seen the schooling on both sides. And what I find interesting is how similar they are. And I don't think the public knows that. And I don't think professionals know that because it's not considered traditional medical school, but like you've mentioned, we go deep into anatomy. We go deep into physiology. We go deep into microbiology. We learn pharmaceuticals. We have direct courses on pharmaceuticals. Um, and then of course we have our natural modalities, which are the acupuncture, the herbal, the botanical, or sorry, the botanicals, the homeopathy. So yes, they're different because we're learning our our modalities that we specialize in. But we're also learning that other aspect. And like you said, physical exams, we do physical exams. We still know how to check the heart. We still know how to check, you know, the digestive tract. We can check the lungs. We know what we're looking for. It's extensive. We still do OSCE. OSCE is a main part of the Western medical curriculum. And they likely don't know that we go through multiple OSCEs as well per where we're at. So year one, year two, year three, we're going through these clinical OSCEs to make sure that our clinical skills are up to par and up to standard. Plus when we move into board certification, we're also doing a final OSCE exam, a final clinical evaluation to make sure that our skills are at par for what is required to be in contact with the public, according to our board. Plus we write licensing exams, just like medical doctors. So If we're talking about preparation and credentials, we're pretty much the same. We're very, very similar. There's not too much change. The only big thing that I would say is that Western medical doctors have way more time when it comes to pharmaceutical prescription because that's their specialty, just like we spent time on homeopathy and botanicals. And then they get that clinical internship in whatever specialty they're in, which is also actually offered to naturopathic doctors. So the bridge here is understanding that we're very similar where, you know, we're learning the same thing. So instead of hating one side or instead of, you know, needing to put the other one down, let's just work together. Let's, let's create more from these minds and from these knowledge that everybody has and help people. Cause that's, again, the bottom line is how well can we help people? How many patients can we heal? That's the end goal.
1: Definitely. And I couldn't agree with you more too. Um, Really, I feel merit in both sides. I feel merit with the Western side, with the Eastern side. Um, I'm really looking at it from an unbiased viewpoint. But I believe as young healthcare practitioners that have our whole career ahead of us, it's really about how each unique practitioner can interact with the patient and interact with other uh, other practitioners to create a sense of collaboration and uh, a more unified approach. And really, I think moving forward is that idea of creating more of a unified healthcare system. And we yeah. are moving towards that. I see that a lot. Um, I work at an integrative psychology and naturopathic clinic and we do a lot of integration with mental health approaches uh, with psychotherapists and and psychologists and Mm -hmm. how do we add in those natural tools that can enhance the healing and build that strong foundation from the ground up and really from what I've learned from that experience is that both the psychologists, psychotherapists and naturopathic doctors, we all have such strong skills that we can hone in on. And the more that we collaborate and communicate that with the patient, um, it almost feels like foreign territory sometimes because, um, in my experience, I haven't seen too much integration between practitioners and the end result is so much more support and the patient feels that too. It translates definitely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I agree with you coming back to what does the patient need? What does the patient need access to? Cause you know, from, you know, clinical practice too, like we still need access to things like CTs, MRIs, ultrasounds. These are things that are not in our scope. Colonoscopies, for instance, these are in the medical scope and it becomes hard for us when we're trying to kind of investigate cause we're looking from a whole kind of perspective rather than just that, you know, one small thing that's going on in the body. And sometimes it's hard to kind of get those images or those diagnosis tests that we see value in, but then, you know, we're reliant on other practitioners to kind of order those. And that's something that naturopathic medicine as a whole needs to work on moving forward as a profession, um, either further integration or having that in scope for us as we, you know, pave the way as practitioners. But yes, I agree with you. Like the the end goal is, is unity and is working together and is integration and is expanding our minds and our concepts of what medicine should be and what health looks like. And I think we've really kind of lost touch with what health is and what it should look like. And that um, being healthy is the absence of disease and affirmity. So I I said that wrong, but it is the absence of that. And I'm pretty okay. sure that was part of, I can't even remember where I got that from. It's a principle of something, but.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I love that. And and what it kind of, what your point says to me is that I think the older ways of um, having that contrast between Western and Eastern sides um, and that gray area, it almost creates kind of a barrier or a contrast between different sides of medicine and approaches, and there's so much value to both sides. Um, It's when we tap into those both sides. I think the more that um, uh, humanity or society or um, even practitioners are kind of sensing, staying in their own comfort field of medicine, um, honestly, I believe that it kind of keeps us at a dead-end path. It doesn't really benefit, I would say it does more harm than good. Um, mm-hmm. Because the my way or the highway approach to practitioners um, of specializing or focusing on just one type of medicine, um, moving forward, I think that we're going to have to abandon this idea of mindset if we're going to move forward to a more unified healthcare system that can focus on the benefits and, and honing in on both.
0: Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I, last question before we kind of wrap this up is I know I'm personally very displeased with where we're at with medicine in all regards. I really, like, I just, it's really hard for me to fathom um, that we've created this mindset that disease is stopping symptoms and it's not rejuvenation. And I think, you know, just as a societal paradigm, we think we're so evolved and that medicine is at its peak in technology, which it is in, you know, instances of surgery. But we are so not close to what I think we should be at. I think the bar is very, very low. And this disconnect between, like I said, mind, body, and spirit, and really understanding what you are as a human has reduced your ability to understand health, our ability to understand health. And I think the bar is super low and it needs to be high again. We need to understand that health is cure that that's possible, that that's in the realm of possibility, because right now we're not operating there. And I think that's, that's an issue.
1: Definitely. And that's powerful what you just said. Um, I think it resonates with me personally, and I hope you can share the, the same resonation too, I believe um, that I'm hopeful that we, we do have a long career ahead of us to, to, and, and Visualize and observe how much change we're going to see um, in 10 years or in 20 years um, in the medical system and and even in the mindset and the perspective of the general public as people start going towards a more simple life and start to question the truth of what we're told um, with medicine, with the government, with life in general. Mm -hmm. Um, As people get more conscious, I think we're skewing towards more of a, a simplistic life and wanting to Um, empower ourselves and live in a state of um, preventing health Mm -hmm. concerns before they happen. I truly believe that we're going towards that. And I think my closing remarks would be um, that the idea, I think that we need to reframe the idea between opposition of between the Western and Eastern approaches I think it's an old paradigm. And the more that we abandon this way of thinking and move more into integration and a more unified circle of care approach, Mm -hmm. I think that is also going to mirror other, uh, mirror patients and their ability to come closer to themselves and want to heal and make those empowered health choices uh, for oneself. I think we're moving in that direction. I'm hopeful for the future. It's very interesting to see this. Mm -hmm. And yeah, do you have any
0: other closing remarks? I love your radiant positivity for the future. (laughs) I know it's very hard sometimes when we're faced with the things that we're faced with to to stay positive, especially as we're seeing certain movements. Um, But yeah, thank you for the work that you do. Thank you for taking the time to share your wisdom on this podcast. We appreciate it. How would you like people to reach out to you? I think what would be best is
1: Instagram, dr.rachelstummer.nd. And my website is drrachelstummer.com. I think that would be the best. Feel free to
0: reach me if you have any questions or want to chat. Fantastic. So that will be in the show notes, everyone. Thank you again, Dr. Summer, for being on the podcast. And I'm sure we will do this again. Sounds great. My pleasure.